Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey. And really excited, as I am every week, to bring you a really cool role model. This week, we are welcoming Jane Coe, who is a food and travel blogger and an influencer. Can't wait to dive into talking about your path, Jane. So welcome. Really glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk. So first thing I love to do is I like to go way back. So what was your big dream when you were growing up? Do you think you were going to be a, a blogger and an influencer? Oh, no, definitely not, because those things did not exist. I'm actually quite embarrassed by this question because I haven't been asked this question in a while. You know, I didn't have big dreams. I grew up in a really small town. My family moved here from Taiwan when I was three, and I grew up in this really small town called Port Lavaca, Texas, in South Texas, where the population was a budding population of 10,000 people. And I had quite a sheltered childhood, um, only child, small town. And I honestly was just a big bookworm growing up. Didn't have a lot of friends, very shy, shy person. And my biggest aspiration in life was to become a librarian. Wow. All I wanted to do was I loved reading. I loved spending time at the library, reading all the books and shelving them. And that was just honestly my goal and I haven't thought about and gone into that mental space in a long time. It's really what I wanted to do. Well, interesting because you certainly think of librarians as maybe more introverted. I mean, traditionally, you know, how you grew up, you know, on your own and being into books, which is so the opposite of being out there and being an influencer. And I know that you're going to events all the time. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, your path and how you got started in this blogger influencer world. I moved to Austin 07 to go to school at UT. I'm originally bio pre-med because I thought I was going to go to med school and become a doctor. I quickly realized that was not going to happen. And I realized also pretty fairly quickly that I was not going to pursue higher education like my peers. I've just never really been good at academics. And I think a lot of it was identifying early on, okay, what am I not good at? What am I good at? What I am good at, but trying to figure out and narrow down options. And I consistently do that even now, like every week, every month, I'll do a check-in with myself and try to like, I don't want to say like more condo things. I, I do do that quite frequently. And I think a lot of people don't do that is constantly have check-ins with themselves and figure out like, okay, what is not working in my life right now? What do I need to like fix or cut out or, you know, improve? So I did that. I think I had a mindset shift pretty early when I moved to Austin and go to school at UT, seeing so many people were so successful coming from Dallas, Houston, all these big cities, and they were overly prepared for life. And I was very much not. So I started the blog in 2010. And at that time, I was one of the first bloggers in Austin. The term, you know, blogger influencer was not coined yet. My only thought process at that time was, well, no one else is doing this. And this seems really cool. And it's like a creative outlet that I can pursue, even though I don't think I am a very creative person. I think I've become a creative person, but I definitely was not born a creative traits. And I was originally doing the blog on recipes and had absolutely a readership of zero for two years. And then I got a restaurant invite from a local restaurant in town, which for life of me, I wish I could remember because I think that was when the seed was planted was I got an invitation from a local restaurant that said, hey, would you like to come over and dine? We see you have this food blog. If you want to take pictures, if you want to write a blog about it. And as a college student, I would think I was 22 at that time. It was such a big deal because I was not raised 
on dining out. My family grew up in a small town, lived frugally. We do, you know, eat out once a year for like a special occasion or birthday. And so for me at 22 years old to get a restaurant invite was such a big deal because I was just eating 99 cent chicken nuggets at Wendy's, you know, college student budget and working for part-time jobs every semester. And that was just how it started. I did one restaurant, two restaurants. And by now, you know, hitting 10 years at the year 2020, I've done hundreds and hundreds of restaurants and shot millions of food photos by this point. But that's how I built my brand was just starting to storytell and meet with chefs in the kitchen and learn about the aspects of fine dining and their passion of cooking and just being able to be there and tell their stories. It, the story was never about me. I'm sheltered, private, shy person. And I'm not sure when the narrative changed from me telling stories about all these chefs and business owners in town to now I think a taste of cocoa is of course like very focused on me, but that was not what I had intended. Interesting. And as you were building, I mean, you mentioned, you know, while you're in college, you were always doing four part-time jobs. You're 10 years out now, and I know you've had a handful of jobs. So what did that sort of look like in your trajectory? And when did you really decide, okay, I can do this thing full-time? After I graduated, I worked at a food startup, and then I worked at a consulting firm, an agency, just doing all social media work for different brands. And that's what I really loved, again, was the storytelling, helping other brands build their brand as I was spending my own, like, personal time building a brand that I didn't realize I was doing. And up until 2014, I was working for a food startup and the company I worked for just became a conflict of interest, whereas they said that my blog became a conflict of interest. And I love this company I worked for. I built their brand story from the ground up and I just realized like, I can't do this. I put so much love into this company and there's not much more that I can do without having to sacrifice my life. And so I I decided to quit early 2015, thinking that I was going to jump back in with a different company as I had several companies that were pursuing me at that point because of the track record I had already developed. I had brands like Whole Foods and UT that were hiring me to come in and talk to their teams about how this young individual was able to build a personal social media brand and how brands like them were still struggling on social media strategy. And it was never my intention to do this full-time or become an influencer or a blogger, whatever people that say, but it just kind of happened. I think I was just in the right place at the right time that my brand had been in the works for five years and I had already built up this brand to the point where when Austin kind of pivoted to becoming a popular city that people wanted to move to from New York City or California and brands started realizing that shift of, oh, there's Texas is a really hot market, specifically Austin, and the shift of media, the shift of media consumption is no longer TV and no longer radio and no longer newspapers. I just happened to be there at the right time as more of these brands started wanting to advertise in Austin. I was one of the few options to for them to choose from. So since then, I think I've been very fortunate and lucky to be able to be part of a lot of amazing projects. Some of my favorite, I want to say my favorite ones, but the ones I've been blessed to have are Ikea renovated my house and they feature my home in InStyle Magazine, O Magazine, Sold Me to LA, and I filled a commercial for the Oprah Winfrey Network. It wasn't there. And then I was the face of Miami Tourism for a project with New York Times. And that was my first major video project and probably will be my biggest media project I'll ever have. But just things along the way. 
I feel like I've just been so lucky. What is the word when you hear about, you know, influencers, you know, and it has this sort of different connotations. So what does it mean to you to be an influencer and to be called an influencer? Like, what do you take from that? I definitely have a very different take than I think what the average consumer has and then versus what the average quote unquote influencer has. So for me, by book definition, it means someone who is able to influence someone else on whatever it is, whether it's restaurant recommendation, travel, technology, like anything, anyone could be, even someone who's in a, who's a CEO in the tech space is an influencer because other CEOs are following them or other startup founders want to know how they build their business. That's an influencer. For me, I have really realized the kind of impact a influencer can have. And it's again, like up to the individual. For me, I've really realize like the whole point of this whole thing, especially when there's a natural pandemic, when there was Hurricane Harvey that hit Texas two years ago, and we had a lot of refugees come to the city. And that was a moment when I just realized I have this platform to rally a audience to come together where we can help these people out. And I've done this with several different things that have, you know, happened. So the Hurricane Harvey was one of the big ones. Uh, Originally, I think we were going to make like five hurricane welcome kits and I ended up doing 500 and I had people all around the country that were donating to my Amazon wish list so we could put all these things together. During COVID, it's been a hard time for everyone. But for me personally, I've made a lot of personal sacrifice all these years to build this brand, but also give back to the city that I love so much. And during COVID, I realized I can post pretty pictures and fun videos for my audience all day long, but what's the real impact that I can actually make in the position I sit in and because I'm so tethered to the city and to the restaurant industry here, I can do so much more. And I really saw that when dining rooms were mandated to close on March 17th, it was a domino effect across the board as service industry were furloughed or laid off as all the dining rooms closed and owners are freaking out about like, how do we pivot to takeout? We're a fine dining restaurant, we never done takeout. And I had hundreds of owners and just really service industry that were messaging me over Instagram or email and asking me for all this help. And I was really overwhelmed during that time. And I had to pivot within a day. And I worked with my good friend who runs Milk Collective, which is an amazing restaurant publicist here in town, to launch Hunter for Hospitality, where we ended up raising $15,000 and donating 100% of that back into the restaurant economy while being able to provide 4,000 meals for 800 service industry people that signed up with that. I think for me, the quote I've been sitting with this year is, what is it? I always get it mixed up. It's like with great power comes great responsibility, which I know is completely mm-hmm. quote that quote. But for <laughs> me, I really realize that is again, I can do the pretty photos, I can sit pretty, I can wear pretty outfits, wear my hat, go to pretty destinations and shoot these fun videos, which I will always do those. I love doing those. But when there's a pandemic, I think for anyone who is in the social media space, think about the kind of impact that you can have and what kind of voice that you can lead with. Yeah, that's awesome. And everything that you did. So I would love just to kind of stay on this pandemic, just because obviously you have such intimate knowledge of the restaurant industry and really what's going on, certainly here in Austin. But you also do travel blogging and you're a travel influencer as well. So you kind of have a double whammy (laughs) of industries that really have been hurt. So, you know, have you found that that's affected your business in terms of your sponsors, things like that? I mean, are they struggling to be able to do that? Have you had to pivot your own business, not just to help out, which is amazing and dive in and help the industry, but you personally with your business? 
So 2020 was supposed to be everyone's year, right? It was supposed to be a big year. For me, it was going to be a big year because I hit 10 years this year because I started my vlog in 2010. And I had great plans of like, you know, celebrating with my audience and celebrating with other businesses in town that also hit 10 years this year. And so I don't think any of us expected that in January, February, or even when March was headed our way. And Q1 is always the slowest quarter. I don't know about in publishing specifically, but as a social media influencer, Q1 is always the slowest year. His brands are still trying to figure out how much they want to spend, what do they want to promote, what they want to target. And my Q1 always kicks off with South by Southwest. And I can't remember the number that it brings to Austin. It's like $8 million, obscene amount of money that it brings into the city, which is so good for us. And we lost all. I think I lost like eight contracts for that week. It's a big moneymaker for me, South by Southwest, as it is for hundreds of creatives were left hanging. So that was one of the other things I launched during COVID was hire creative to help the creative industry get hired for different things. So yeah, I lost all of my projects for 2020 in March and it was quite shocking. But I think that my head was so buried in the city because at that time, I just could feel all the hurt that was happening around me. And I think that's just because I'm so entwined with my audience and my community. And I had people messaging me saying like, I have like thousands of dollars in medical bills and I had South by Southwest coming up. We were to see, we were booked for all these gigs and now it's gone. Like, can you help me or what can I do? Like, do you know anyone else that's hiring right now? And I think just seeing all this, yeah, it was hard. I, I'm signed with a talent agency, which I've talked about in other interviews. And at that time I called my manager and I was like, we still have these projects. I think I want to like, I don't know, donate part of my like revenue to some things. And she was like, are you sure? And I was just like, I don't know. I just don't know what I should be doing right now. I feel like I just want to help out the city, but I'm not sure. And then within a day, we lost all of our projects. So then I was like, well, that's not going to happen either. And I had to really like think about like, okay, what am I going to do this year? And I think people didn't realize that because from a social influencer perspective, you still have to live this life online, right? And I was still trying to get people to order takeout. And like, it was just a really rough time because everyone was hurting and it was just like anything you said ruined someone's mood. Like even me posting a cute cat video of my cat, like people were just so upset by everything. And it was like walking on eggshells every single hour, just trying to figure out like, what is the appropriate content for me to post? And how can I be there for the people who want to see me post content? So yeah, I pivoted pretty quickly by launching 100 for Hospitality and then launching Higher Creative. And it was a rough 30 days. Again, I had to make some personal sacrifices on what was more important. So I decided to push my personal life aside to help out the restaurant industry and the creative industry. And then I was very lucky that I think because I've had such a strong brand for 10 years and I've had really good relationships with a lot of my sponsors and ad agency partners is the work slowly started coming back and I'm going to be okay this year. I guess I could say that, but I've been very lucky that I am getting work this year and things are going to be okay. What do you see as sort of near term and then, you know, longer term, even heading into 2021? you know, for both the restaurant industry and the travel industry, you know, in terms of travel, I was talking to our travel agent reached out. She's like, oh, they've got some really good deals. I was like, oh, let's look into 2021, like summer, surely things will be. And then she's like, well, you know, you'll definitely have to wear a mask and you'll definitely have to do this. You know, and I'm like trying to decide, you know, is that going to be soon enough? Do you have any sort of insight or what the experts are saying inside? I mean, I guess I maybe have a little insight into the industry. So for me, travel is probably 20% of my work. It's still a significant amount because I work with so many different destinations, whether domestically or internationally, but it's only 20% of my work. So I'm not too affected as I am with some of my other influencer friends who are completely travel. 
And I think paid travel is probably not going to come back until 2021. Who knows? Maybe even 2022. I don't know how long it's going to take for some of these economies to rebuild. From a local standpoint, our local hotels have been hurting a lot. And I also tiptoed on starting to do staycations. And normally I'm not here during the summer because this is high season for partnerships for other destinations. But this year, because I don't feel comfortable traveling and I really wanted to be able to help support the local economy by visiting different driving destinations from Austin, and even doing staycations here in town. And originally, I think the first one I did was in July. I was really terrified on doing this because I felt like my audience was going to hate me for, you know, setting foot outside my house and staying in a hotel or staying at a local inn. But I've been constantly reading the room every single day to see where people are at. Because again, I know everyone's going through something different every single day and I want to be conscious of that. But also like, this is my job, right? Is to produce content and give people kind of like things to do and where to eat in a safe situation. But it's been heartbreaking to see our local hotels operating at 5% occupancy. And I'm not sure how we can bring that back. I think it's slow and I, I kind of see it with every property I go to. I featured a new beach resort in Corpus Christi, which is the area where I'm from. And I had just done a couple of Instagram stories within the first two days I was there and they got completely booked out for the month of August, which was pretty crazy. I've done several other stays at some of the other local properties and they've been just kind of over the moon and just so thankful. Like, oh my gosh, we immediately saw uptick in reservations or we immediately saw hundreds of new followers on Instagram. And for me, I also have to be conscious of like, well, how many places am I staying at? Because I also need to be aware of my own safety, right? And the safety of other people that are with me, including like a blogger companion or a photographer I might have to bring with me. But in regards to the travel industry, I think it's going to take till 2021 or 2022 for paid travel to come back. And when I say paid travel, I mean like sponsored travel for media. Definitely. Yeah. It looks like it's a much longer trajectory, of course, than anyone ever even thought was possible for sure. Just kind of flipping back to just some general advice as we kind of close up here is if you were giving advice to someone who wanted to start their own blog or wanted to be an influencer, you know, what would be some top pieces of advice that you would give them? Uh, and I get this question a lot from people who want to do this because it looks easy and it looks fun. It looks like you make a lot of money. And I constantly remind people like social media is actually quite toxic. And that's from me saying and being in it is that the things that you see being posted on Instagram or other social media platforms are beautiful and like fun and like happy. But that's the thing. That's what social media is, is that it is the highlight. And even for me, I've never really been very personal on my channels. I've always kept my private life very private. And I've also kept a case of cocoa very professional and a curated experience, if you will, because it was never supposed to be about cocoa, avatates. The cocoa is always about the local restaurants and the local businesses and the stories I've been able to tell. But I think people don't realize like I have bad days, just like everybody else. I struggle with relationships, just like everyone else. Am I posting about those things? Probably not. But for the people who want to do this, I say, why do you want to do it? Because 90% of the people who want to do it, they're like, oh, well, you get free food and that's awesome. And I want free food. I want the free vacations. And it looks like you make a lot of money. I'm like, it is incredibly hard being a social influencer, quote unquote. And most social influencers, I think maybe only 1% up to 10% actually make good legitimate income. Whereas everyone is just trying, I don't know, yeah. make, fake it till you make it. That's what they say. That's right. Um, so yeah, I would never really encourage anyone to quit their like nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna 
dog to pursue this whole thing because it just looks cool. Because I think cool just gets you so far. Well, it is interesting because obviously I'm on social media, but certainly I'm not on it very much. You know, I'm in that age window where it didn't miss me. I just am not on there all the time and certainly, you know, nothing to do with influencing. I don't post very much. I've been reading this kind of fun summer book. I don't know if you know the author, Jennifer Weiner. You know, it's a fiction book, but it's called Big Summer. And it's about a woman who is a social media influencer. It's really good. It's called Big Summer. And anyway, it's just fun. I mean, it's just a cute story. It goes to also is just how hard it is and how exposed you feel. And, and I think that it's having people weigh in on every last living thing that you do good, bad, and otherwise, you know, and sometimes there is negative. And it was just really interesting to me because as I was reading it, I was thinking, oh my gosh, how could anyone do that? Like, why would you open yourself up to, you know, having tens of thousands of people be commenting on, you know, your life? It must be really difficult. But obviously, I think what's interesting, you know, certainly just about I've watched here locally, because I'm also from Austin, just what you've done. And I think your give back to the community and the fact that you did these staycations and then immediately they had booking shows that high level of trust that your followers have in you. So yeah, it's very, you know, interesting lifestyle. So what's in your future? What's next for Jane Co? I would also love to know because I'm a very type <laughs> A, want to know everything, schedules everything out, has to-do lists and to-do lists. Honestly, I've been taking some personal time. It's weird because I never take personal time. I don't have that many people in my life, and I think I just never allocated time for that. So I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. I honestly have been in such a great mental state, like waking up early, going for runs, and I feel like people who follow me are just like, what is going on? Like, you just seem so happy. Like, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm living life right now, and I feel like life is so good, and I've been able to take this time and finally look back and be like, wow, look at this thing you built the last 10 years. And you totally deserve that. You should reward yourself for that. And it's okay to live a little. And I think it's a lot of like, okay, well, I've felt kind of selfish the last couple of weeks, which is completely not appropriate is that because I'm, my priority has always been the city and the restaurants and the businesses and the, the owners I know is like, I'm going to take a little selfish time right now and just give me some me time and do things that I really enjoy and think about like, okay, where do I want to be in the next year, two years, three years, five years, whatever. And I'm not sure because some things are just not within our control, right? And I guess that's what makes life exciting, which is why type A me just can't really handle that. But I'm happy to <laughs> be like, okay, universe, this is what we're doing today. Or this is what we're doing this week. In the immediate future, I guess I can tease this because I don't know when this podcast is launching, but I will be doing a pop-up soon in the next couple of weeks in Austin. It'll be really fun. I'm really excited for this because I think that I've just been having a lot of fun with this new concept and I hope everyone really enjoys it because we've been hustling 150% the last couple of, I can't even say last couple of weeks because we've only been working out for the last couple of days just for trying to get all the stuff ready to launch. So that's what I have coming up. And then I think everything else, people will just have to watch on Instagram stories because I guess people are just super, super nosy about my life. <laughs> Where can all the super nosy people find you on Instagram and on social media? It is at a taste of cocoa and that's K-O-K-O. Awesome. Well, Jane, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing so openly about your path and your trajectory and what you're doing and also the ups and downs. I really appreciate your candor. And thank you for all you're doing for the city of Austin, because I've watched it for years. And I know that that's not just during COVID. You've always been 
someone who gives back. So congratulations to you because using that influence for good, I think is why you've been so successful. So thank you for being on the show. And we will, of course, be watching what you do next. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week. And check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.